0: The podcast you're about to listen to was recorded live on the Gold Coast in front of a live audience, and uh, fuck, it was one of the best days I've had in a long time. It was so, so fun. So thank you so much to everybody who came out to the podcast. Thank you to Rob for sorting out all of the sound, and Melina for helping me with all the logistics, and the Yard Cafe for giving us a fucking awesome venue to do the podcast in, and uh, lots of delicious food and drinks. It was so, so fun. I there's a sort of level of intimacy that you get having a one-on-one conversation with somebody, especially talking about kind of the, some of the raw stuff that we talk about in this podcast. And I was worried that I was going to lose that in a big environment with other people listening, but it was pretty amazing. It actually sort of magnified this level of understanding, connection and communication. It was so fucking cool. Um, yeah, you do have to forgive me a little bit. In order to be heard on the PA system at the time, I had to be really close and loud in the microphone. And um, so it sounded good on the PA, but then now that I've listened to the recording back, it sounds like I'm literally just yelling in your ear. <laughs> so I'm really sorry about that. Um, it's a lesson learned, and we're that's obviously it. Uh, That's what we're trying to do here. The first podcast, live podcast, was always going to be a bit weird, I imagine. And it went down incredibly well uh, by my standards. So I'm very, very happy. I take this thing very seriously, and I'm a fucking perfectionist. So I apologize for screaming into your ear and the microphone for uh, a lot of this podcast. But we've done the best that we can with the audio, so hopefully it sounds okay. And um, again, just a fucking massive thank you. I keep saying fuck, I and mean, I'm trying not to. I really am. Um, especially because I'm dating men now and I need to like become a lady. That's not true. I just don't want to say that word so constantly because every time I go back and listen to this podcast, I go, Jesus, you are saying fuck a lot. Anyways, massive thank you again to everybody that came out uh, to the podcast and listened and checked in online and sent me messages and all of the shit. It was so, so awesome. We'll do it again another time soon. All right, so uh, that's enough of me. I will give you a quick update on Manuary before we get into this podcast um, because we are in week four now. I thought we were done. I thought it was almost over this Sunday, but January actually goes halfway through next week, so we have done four dating apps so far. We did Tinder, Bumble, Plenty of Fish, and now we are on Happn, H-A-P-P-N, and then next week we're going to have to do RSVP for about half the week. Uh, And I'll be happy that this month is over, to be honest with you. It was good, it was fun, but it was exhausting and felt a little bit addictive in the first two weeks, for sure, with Tinder and Bumble they felt really addictive it was kind of like i needed to get to the end of the card stack you know like i needed to just keep swiping cuz i felt like if i once i got off the app i was going to i'd have all these unlimited potentials that i didn't get to see yet so i was like frantically trying to swipe i kept track of my cuz i've got an iphone it tells me how much i'm using certain apps on my phone so i kept track of that and i'll put a post up at the end of the month so you can see um it, my usage of my phone doubled at least for the first couple of weeks. Um, so I'll be happy to see the backside of this month, to be honest, but it was really fun. It made me feel a lot more feminine talking to guys again, which I haven't done for a really long time. Not, it's not that I don't talk to guys. I do. I mean, I live and work in a gym, so I am like, constantly there 24 7 talking to lots of dudes and lots of really good looking healthy athletic men but i just don't it doesn't occur to me that way they're all kind of mates and teammates and you know sort of my brothers so i don't really think about it in a sexual way at all and i fucking i couldn't if even if i tried it would just be too much so um yeah so it's been kind of weird like remembering that i I'm a girl that people would be interested in, and not just someone who barks instructions at you during class and tells you to do more push-ups. <laughs> so that's been quite lovely. Um, the Bumble and Tinder were really similar to each other, and I really liked them as far as the apps go. They were the best ones. Plenty of Fish was a fucking nightmare. It was so. It, it and, I, and I'm not. It was. I was inundated with messages, but it's not. I'm not saying this in like a. Um, cocky kind of way like oh my god I'm just so good looking everyone was messaging me it wasn't like that I didn't actually get very many messages from people that I wanted to talk to and this is going to sound fucked up but I don't I don't mean it that way essentially the way this app works is that anyone can message anyone anytime and I uh, was so I'd look at profiles and I'd message people that I thought I'd be interested in and then most of them I never heard anything back from and then on the other side, I was getting messages from people that I would never be interested in, but they thought they would be interested in me in a way. And then there were some people that we, that we had things in common and we liked each other. But because of the amount of influx of strange messages and other people messaging all the time, you get lost in these threads. So I'd be, listen, I'd be talking to people. And everything would be fine. And then I'd go in there, and I'd have suddenly thirty six messages that I hadn't quite gotten through. And then it was hard to figure out who I'd, where I was at with each one. And I couldn't be fucked spending that much time on it. And as part of the deal, I had to have a conversation with somebody every day. And it, and I had to go on a date at the end of the week. And it was just, it felt fucking totally overwhelming. And it felt, um, you, you ended up feeling kind of mean about it. But it's just so fucking hard to know what if you're going to even like a person just by looking at their pictures. And just the sheer volume of information was too much. I just had... I it was giving me anxiety. So um, I, we bailed that one. I was really happy to see the backside of Plenty of Fish. Not to say that the people on there weren't good people. It was just too much all at once. And the app isn't very user-friendly. It was really annoying to use. Started doing this fucking thing. It was so dumb. Once you start talking to someone, the first couple texts are normal back and forth. And then it's, it would like give you this notification that says, boom, conversation tricks are unlocked or whatever. And then it would, every single time I started typing a word, it would start showing these like emojis, like dancing gifts and these fucking crazy, stupid shit Oh, my God. I, don't, I feel I'm getting deja vu. I feel like I've already talked about this. I, I probably did talk about it before Nick's podcast. I don't remember. But, uh, my God. So I'm trying to type, and it's like, oh, yeah, it's hot today. And and every time I wrote those things, there would be like a gif of like a hot sun flaming. And it, Oh, my God. It was so, like, well overstimulated. Anyway, if you've seen Plenty of Fish, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't, don't bother. Sorry, Plenty of Fish. You got work to do. Um, and then this week we're on Happen, which is an app that uh, doesn't, isn't very good for me, but it's very good to come off of the back of Plenty of Fish because the way Happen works is you have your location services turned on, which is one of my pet hates that why my telephone needs to know where I've been is creepy to me, but for the sake of the experiment, I'm going with it. Um, so you, by, based on your location services, your phone tells you when you've crossed paths with somebody else that's on the app. So if I go to the supermarket and walk around with my phone in my pocket and get buy groceries and then go home, I could look at my Happen app and see if anybody that I cross path with paths with in the grocery store was on Happen. Then I can say that I like them or don't like them or whatever. And if they like me back then it's a match. If they don't then whatever, they never know and I never know. Um so the trouble with this is, for me, I live really close to where I work, and I don't go anywhere else. I go to the gym, and I come home, <laughs> and I go to coffee shops around where I live, and that's it. So unless, um, recently I talked to somebody because uh, there was an accident on the motorway, and so he got diverted through traffic and had to come through my neighborhood, and that's the <laughs> only reason why he was there. Um, But other than that, like, I don't talk to, I don't go anywhere. So every day, my potential for matches is limited to like four or five people. And if I don't match any of them, that's it. I don't talk to them. So it's been a bit of a struggle to have our daily conversations with a new person. Um, I have managed it so far, but it's been a little bit harder. And my confidence has just plummeted after Plenty of Fish and after this. I don't know. I I think we are... I'm very happy to see the end of this month. It was weird. I came into it all fired up and happy and ready to go. And then now I think I'm just kind of exhausted with the whole thing. You know, it's it's a trouble. You go from like dating no one ever and not even thinking about it to suddenly having to talk to a boy every single day. And it was probably too much too soon. But very funny and very silly challenge. So next month we are doing Freshuary. So if you want to participate in that with us, essentially what it means is that we are only allowed to eat food from the local from local farmers markets and from the local butchers that's it so no big grocery store chains no bullshit from any grocery stores no uh, takeaway food none of that all fresh food cooked at home that comes from local sources so that's going to be a fucking great month and it's going to be do wonders for our confidence and mental well-being i think so Thank you for listening. Enough of me. Please enjoy this wonderful podcast with our friend Ben Johnston. And I will talk to you again next week. You can't hear that out there, but everyone's clapping. The entire audience of 6,000 people in this stadium are clapping. So I'm very impressed.
1: Me too. Thank
0: you for bringing such a giant crowd to us today, Ben. Yeah, it was all
1: me. <laughs> yeah. It was. How are you? Yeah, good, good.
0: Yeah. You're the best in the world at something.
1: Yeah, apparently. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's pretty neat, man.
1: Yeah, it's 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 cool to be able to say it. Um I don't necessarily believe that that's 100% like the truth because obviously well MMA MMA is a little bit different because you got, you know, seems to be UFC is the, the, the one. That main sanctioned yeah, body. Yeah, yeah, but you know with boxing and Muay Thai there's yeah, you, know, you you got you got three guys at the moment in boxing that seem to be arguably the best with Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder, you know, and they're sort of, everyone's mm-hmm. sort of tossing up and I think it's a little bit the same with Muay Thai with, you got, you know, WBC, WMC, blah, blah, blah. Luckily I managed to get the belt, which I think is the best one. Yeah. Um, but I'm sure other people have something to say about that.
0: Why do you think it's the best one?
1: Um, mainly off the back of, one is the reputation that it brought from boxing, like, WBC oh, yeah, yeah. probably being the best one, arguably the best one in boxing, um, and also WBC is now the oh, it seems to be aligned with uh, the Rajadamnern Stadium. So for in Thailand, your two big stadiums is Lumpini Stadium and Rajadamnern. Yep. Lumpini's kind of not as big as it once was. They they moved from to another bigger, newer facility, and it kind of just lost the vibe. So ah. Rajadam is the, the main one. Now it sort of took over. It's still got that old prestige and that. And they do WBC titles. Ah, and safe. sort of, it's got a trickle-down effect.
0: So will you fight over there?
1: Um, in Thailand. Yeah, to defend oh. this title? Well, I mean, if, if someone challenges me, I'll, yeah, I'll fight wherever. You're fucking smash yeah. <laughs> it.: But it's out. unlikely to be against a Thai. Because yeah, Because the true. Thai has obviously been a smaller race of people. You don't find many light heavyweight Thai guys how
0: big are you what do I'll, you fight at
1: i fight at 79 Fuck. i'm probably like 92 at the moment so <laughs> aren't <off-season>. we all <laughs> yeah it's kind of off season so i'm a bit heavier yeah but wow. um yeah it's unlikely that i'd do it against a Thai because hmm. um yeah they're smaller and generally what you find is a heavier tie is a tie past his prime you know uh, what I mean? He's, yeah, he used to fight at up. 65. Well, not necessarily washed up, but probably not training and dieting as, as hard as he should be. But he's getting away with the fact Damn. that he's had 300, 400 fights. You know what I mean?
0: That's funny. Like, that's weird. You've got like a white person handicap.
1: Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> or, a, like, or an advantage because I don't have to fight all the tires. You I know? know,
0: but like, but that's funny because it's our, our sport is obviously built in Thailand. Like that's where yeah. it comes from. So you want to fight the best of the best, and those are going to be Thai people, and that's yeah.
1: tough. Well, I mean, to put it this way, if I was in a stacked like sixty kilo, I would have had a whole lot. Of, harder of a time getting a world title. You know? <laughs> well,
0: Wouldn't it be the best in the world? Well no, maybe
1: you know, probably not, <laughs> let's be honest. You know, if I was up against like all those ties over there, they're, they're unbelievable, you know. Yeah. So yeah, you, you take you, you take a hat off to guys like Chad Collins, you know. Yeah man, he's, he's giving it a the, good go. And he is in the division. You know, yeah, at the moment wow. that's that's the one and he's doing yeah, doing amazing fun. things. So yeah, you got got to be lucky there. Just born heavy, eh? Yeah.
0: yeah. Do you know, well, I had a theory about this. Like, I was thinking about, because I had an, an idea in my head that you were going to say that. If Sorry. I told you that you were the best in the world at something, most of the time, mostly because I know you already and we've already <sighs> talked about this and you're a pretty humble guy. But, like, I think when people are consistently pushing themselves to do something really hard, the challenge is so big ahead of you that you never feel like you're big. Do you know what I mean? Like even like from the outside, us looking at you going, holy fuck, how does a person do that? But I'm, from your scope, you're like, well, I just have to get that better. I just have to keep going one better, one better. There's always a challenge that's bigger than you. So you're not the biggest thing.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you're also thinking of what's, what's the end goal, you know? Yeah. Like even though you, I'm always worried about the next fight, I'm, just, I'm always trying to think of What's the net, what's, What comes after that and what comes after that? And even with the guys like the fighters in the gym now, even from their very first fight, it's, I'm not even usually thinking, okay, they just want to have a fight because they want to fight. It's more like, well, what happens after the first fight and the second fight? And, you know, so, I'd, That's why I, like, I wouldn't say I, I protect their records – but I don't like throwing them in if it's their first fight. I don't like just going, oh, just fuck it, jump in and have a go. And this guy's had seven fights, but whatever, what do you got to lose? Yeah. Because all of a sudden they've had four fights and they've got four losses, and they go, you know what? I mean, I've had four fights. I'd like to work towards a, a strap, you know, a Queensland title or something. It's gonna, you're going to find it pretty hard to get a Queensland title opportunity if you yeah, four fights, four losses, you know.
0: Yeah, so it's not just about that ring experience. It's about also yeah. building them up as a person.
1: Huh? Yeah, exactly. Build them up as a fighter, definitely.
0: What's in the future for you? Does that ever freak you out to think about?
1: Yeah, well, it does now because, uh, you know, now that I have the world title, it's like, fuck, what do I do now, you know? Mm. Uh, mate, it, like, at the moment, um, I would like to defend it, but... Um, I was actually talking to, I don't know if you know Eddie Farrell, but yeah, yeah. we were, the head of WBC was on a, on a, on Facebook talking, Kevin Noon, his name is, and he was talking something. Eddie was on the, on the same thread and I was on the, sorry, Eddie was on the comment thread and I was in the same comment thread. We just happened to be having a conversation. I said, so me and Eddie, Eddie has WMC world title. I have WBC world title. You know, what do you think about? Ah. can can we do that can we do a unification fight i've never seen it in muay thai i've only ever seen you're only fighting for wbc only fighting for wmc and wbc wmc are the two biggest yeah yeah um
0: whoa that'd be a fight man well yeah i just that big i didn't realize he was as big as you
1: no he's well he usually fights at like 76 but he actually has the world title at i think he took it on like a short notice thing and yeah he. that was
0: such a mad ending to that fight huh? what the hell did you guys see that fight does anyone know what we're talking about when um Eddie just won he won a world title just this last year he took it on what were you saying a week notice I don't know I think it was even less than that yeah week notice he took this fight against a tie and what round was it
1: Molina. what What? round
0: was it do you know that he knocked him out third or fourth round he caught his kick fourth round caught his kick with a sweep, knocked him to the ground and he knocked him out. He fell on his head in the sweep and knocked him out. And that's is, it, that's how he won a title.
1: Sorry to cut you off. Is that how um, Ra is that how Ra did his neck? Ra Redden? it wasn't like that though it wasn't like a sweep that okay. Yeah. That's a
0: crazy way to win a fight. I mean, you never think about that. You know, I, I personally never think about sweeping anybody ever. Mm. Like, I'm, I've never even really considered
1: it. I, I didn't. You know, to me, uh, I was, it was never like that seemed to more of, be more of a counter fighter sort of style. Yeah. But I sort of changed my thought on it and I actually started work, teaching it and working on it a lot more recently because I call like a, a good sweep, I'll call that a round stealer because... You can be like tit for tat. There's not much in it, and you know, like one fighter's ju- they're both sort of back and forth, and yeah. the judges are sort of going, "Oh, I could go either way." And then one good, like spectacular sweep, even if it doesn't hurt the guy, mm. it's just a lot of fucking movement. You know, yeah, the guy yeah. ends up on his back. It's generally dive. speaking, that'll like you know, just one big push kick or that knocks him over, or one sweep will mm. you know can steal the round for you. So. I I hate them.
0: I hate sweeps because I always get caught and I always get swept. (laughs) Well, fuck you. That's not fighting. Yeah, no, I know. (laughs) Try harder.
1: I know it's so easy. It's like that's not the way I fight. You know, (laughs) so you're not allowed to do that because I don't do that. Yeah, I
0: know. I've got mad resistance against it. But yeah, that's a good point, and the crowd fucking loves it too. And there is something about it. Like I watched. um, I've said this a bunch of times, but I watched Yolanda. I watched Yolanda fight one time, Yolanda Schmidt, and she. This Pia kept catching her kicks and sweeping her over and over and over, mm. and every time she fell, she'd get back up with a huge smile on her face and come in harder every mm. time. Yeah. And that stuck with me like forever. Every time I get swept, it's the same thing. I'll just big old smile. Doesn't matter if it hurt. Mm. Doesn't matter anything. And let it and just go hard. Sure. Because as soon it can be so demoralizing to get picked up off of the canvas oh, like yeah. that. It's fucking horrible feeling.
1: Yeah. Well, do you, but I mean. Does that fuck her game plan every time? She was going to do this. She was going to, you know, she was going to fight a certain way. She got swept. That's gone. Now she just goes, all right, this is what I do. When I get swept, I get up and then I charge, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's just, you know, even though she might not be, you know, affected the same way other people, like you said, fully demoralized, she might go, oh, this is how I respond to that. But then it's taken her away from what she was originally wanting to do. Yeah, the original
0: plan. I know sometimes it's dangerous because you can get lost in anger. Mm. Do you fight angry? Have you ever got stuck in that trap?
1: You, it's, you, you, I know. Like, if I get tagged hard enough, yeah, it's pretty hard not to. You know. Yeah,
0: it's funny how that happens, eh? Once you get hit hard, it's like you, like, yeah. s- a light turns on, and you're like, "Oh fuck, here we go." Yeah. Sometimes you need that.
1: Yeah. For, oh, for sure. Huh? Yeah. Sometimes you like you you, too trying too hard to play the game, yeah. and not just go. This is a fight. Like, <laughs> yeah. let's fight. You know. But in, yeah, it can go either way. Some guys like you know the really classy boxers, like they don't fight angry. You know they're mm. they're, they're aggressive, but they're aggressive to their style. You know yeah. even the count you can like aggressively defend. You know
0: that's my new favorite thing. That's what I've been working on so much is this like aggressive defense where I just like mm. come forward like a fucking tank and just block 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 and then
1: yeah, but I don't m- I don't off. necessarily mean it in that sense. I mean more like. You can, well, you can, you can be a, a, aggressive at anything, but it doesn't mean angry or it doesn't mean like, oh, fuck you. That. Well, it can be fuck you, but it's almost like, fuck you, I'm so good. I'm going to be so good at whatever it is that I'm choosing to do. So it's like I'm aggressive in the sense, this isn't me necessarily, but I, you, you can be aggressive in the sense of like you aren't going to touch me you know, and not like I'm a fuck you up. No matter what you throw, I'm gonna walk through it. I'm a, I'm a, mm. I'm a eat hell just to get a, get a land, land a shot on you. That might be your version. You know, yeah, or yeah. you can be the other way of like aggressive, like no fucking way. It's basically, ah, yeah, cool. yeah, like yeah. just being like super a TJ
0: stupid. Dillashaw type of style thing. though I've heard him. I'm talk not too, about I'm not too
1: familiar with thing. him. Eh, I don't really know. I
0: just heard him say that that. Basically, his whole job was to not get hit. Yeah. So it was like he... Uh, oh, and Dominic Cruz as well was another one that was talking like that. Essentially, my job is to not get hit, so fuck you. You yeah. know what I mean? If you hit me, that means that you've, you've got into my game. Otherwise, I'm better than you. Yeah. And I'm better than you because I don't get hit, not because I can take a shot.
1: Some guys get their power from it. Some guys get their power yeah. from getting hit and feeling like a man, you know? Like...
0: Does it make you feel like a man, Ben? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: maybe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Something has to, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you look at Rob Ferguson a good example, um, you know, he cannot train and take a fight on a day's notice off the back of a bender, Fuck. you know. And he'll, but when I say a bender, it'll be weeks and weeks of, you know, just drinking and not taking yeah. care of his body. He knows he's got a fight coming up, doesn't, still doesn't train, jumps in the ring. And, you know, sometimes pulls up, pulls off an upset, yeah. you know, but that's like, for him, it's, it's, it's about the fight. It's mm. like, it doesn't, doesn't even necessarily seem to be about winning, you know, like some obviously he wants to win, but, um, it seems to be more important for him to just to, to push through it, you know, yeah,
0: just to have the experience. Well, that's an interesting thing. I mean, I wonder about that a lot. Like what, I mean, that's what the whole point of this podcast is, is like. What pushes people to do difficult things? What there, It is in our nature to come up against the wall and be like, ah, fuck it. You know what I mean? Resistance is so strong in everything we try and do. Uh, your brain is so clever at telling you, like, nah, you're a piece of shit, don't bother. Don't is do it, that.
1: It, yeah, well, I was going to say, you said it, when you said it's in our nature, are you saying it was in our nature to challenge ourselves?
0: I think both are in our nature, and that's what's mm. the weird paradox of being a human, is, like, it's in my nature to push myself, but it's also it feels like immediately in my nature to tell myself that I can't mm. in a weird way. It's like, all right, I, I want to try and have a Muay Thai fight. And then as soon as the fight's like imminent, then I just in my head going, nah, you can't, you can't, you're, you're an idiot. Why did you think you could do this?
1: Do but you think you have a war perspective on what most people are like because you're in a Muay Thai gym most of the time? What do you mean? Like, I don't think most people are constantly looking to challenge themselves. Yeah, I think, I think you're point. probably thinking that because you're around people that come to a Muay Thai gym and it's, you know. Well, but I think,
0: yeah, maybe not. Maybe people aren't always looking to challenge themselves, but people are, are essentially always looking for novelty. Mm. You know, like everybody, mm. even the most comfortable person in the world gets bored.
2: Yeah, everybody
0: yeah. gets bored so we're always looking for like what is that one thing that's going to give me that little bit of excitement for us it, it may be fighting and for me personally it isn't the fight necessarily it's like the challenge like to prove like fuck i can do this mm. same thing with this like well fuck it why not let's mm. try it let's see if i can do something yeah you know? sure and then and that's where i get my like lust for living out of i guess you know like i need to i need to constantly be pursuing things mm. so that i can feel like i exist
1: yeah yeah totally And
0: if I didn't have that, but, and so that I think even like your average person who doesn't even, you know, like most of these people come to Muay Thai, they know kind of what that feeling is. But even, even if somebody just never even leaves the couch, they're still looking for a new TV show. They're not going to watch that same movie. Mm. And then they're going to resist it and be like, this movie sucks.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd say our version of that is, uh, you know, go and challenge yourself with a new sport or a new... Whatever, something difficult. Yeah. Whereas their version is something. like, oh, I just need something else to stimulate. Yeah. It's just a different form of stimulation.
0: Yeah. I, th- I think Maybe. it is, in a way, it's kind of our means of stimulation. But I think it also makes you feel alive. Like, it makes mm. you feel like there's a reason to exist.
1: Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I guess, I guess you sort of, you wonder, oh, thanks. <laughs> I guess you sort of wonder, like, am I, are you doing it because you want to do it, or are you doing it because you know other people are going to respect the fact oh, that you're doing it? Oh
0: fuck yeah, that's a huge question, man. Like that is that's at the core of almost everything that we do. Mm. There is either the the intrinsic value that it provides to you, like something that internally makes you feel like, ah, oh, this is this I'm immediately connected to this thing right now, and I feel strong, I feel good. This is what I want, regardless of the outcome. And then there's the extrinsic value, which is oh, I'm going to get this belt, you know, oh, I'm going to get bitches yeah you know people are
1: gonna love me sorry (laughs) people are gonna gonna love me more because i got this yeah Yeah, Yeah. exactly
0: and and people are gonna respect me people are gonna listen to me and like i get it fucking constantly because like this moment this shit is so cool and so rare that we can do this like how fucking amazing that we can do this on the Mm. internet it's so fucking Mm. cool but then I'll post this shit and then ten minutes later be like, did anyone like it? Why didn't anyone like it? Like yeah. am I an idiot? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. But it's it's so I think like we are in this crazy position of constantly you, battling our own desires to do be as somebody.
1: Right? You yeah. do you so you'll you'll post it and then like, fuck, how many likes has it got? How many who what is well, what's the feedback?
0: I think it's more like, it's more an underlying insecurity. So mm. like I'll post something and, it, and usually out of habit, like I won't look at it for 20 minutes because I kind of like, I'm like one of those people that like likes delayed gratification. Mm. So like, I'll be like, well, I'll let them collect. I'll let my <laughs> likes collect. <laughs> and then I'll go back and check it like an hour later and be like, oh, look at 15. yeah. You
2: know? yeah. <laughs> Whereas
0: like no, <laughs> I don't know, so and I don't turn my notifications on on my phone for that same reason. Like yeah, I like too. to go to Facebook and open a present, like weehee, instead of like constantly having it be a part of my life. Yeah. But so then because I do it that way, if I open it and there's no likes or one, then I have just just like oh, yeah. it's just like empty hole in my chest, and I'm and then I start second guessing what I'm doing with myself. Yeah. But it's it's all like. All of these things, like, I I talk constantly about them because I think they're worth talking about, but these are such immediate, like, instinctual reactions almost Mm -hmm. that they come and go in my head all the time. So it's not like it necessarily drives my behavior, but I notice them happening. Mm -hmm. And so they'll come up and I'll be like, oh, I'm feeling weird. I'm feeling rejected because no one liked my stupid post or whatever. And then I'll be like, just fucking relax. Go back and do something
1: else. It's like, did you enjoy it? Yeah, cool. That's all that matters. But at the same time, yeah, I did. It definitely, does a, it definitely does play a role in what you do. Is, yeah. You know, I was even musicians. How can one band stick to one genre for 20 years? I oh, no. How, no. like, I, li- I don't know how many fucking genres I've, of music I listen to, but then you've got Metallica that's just been grinding, thrashing for, how oh, fuck, who knows, a million years, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, you know? They just don't give up. Yeah, it's like, it's like come on, surely you like jazz too, you, you know? <laughs> But, but they're obviously doing that because that's what their audience wants to hear. Well, yeah. I don't know. Who the fuck am I to say what they are or aren't doing them and the reasons why, but... My what I think they're probably doing is going, well, this is what the audience wants. This is what they expect us to do. So yeah. this is what we're going to do, you know?
0: Big commercial bands like that are a business at the end of the day. Like, yeah. you're totally right. There is an expectation for them to do a thing. But my friend, um, I, a good friend of mine's a musician and he's got a theory on this. He was talking about ACDC. He's new, like new revisited into ACDC. I was just talking to him at Christmas. And he was like, they... Understand themselves so well. Like they understand the identity of their band and the purpose of their band so well Mm -hmm. that they can take four chords and go so deep into those four chords and make a nuanced song every single time that just kills it. Mm. You listen to the, every single ACDC song that's ever been made, it's the same four fucking chords. True. But they know themselves so well, they have so much confidence mm. in their own ability to make that simple thing over and over, and they don't give a fuck. Mm. And his theory is that they just have that much fun playing around with each other. They, like, like we were talking, like, did you have fun? Yeah. Mm. So who gives a fuck? I don't need to make any other songs. I don't need to do anything different. And yeah, so I think like and that's the amazing thing about this is you can't really drill anything down to one element. You know like why mm. does anyone do anything? Who the fuck knows? Yeah. We're these like weird conglomeration of like hurt and pain and need and rejection and validation and all this shit. All of that's constantly driving us. Mm. And I think the biggest problem is when you let that self-destruct you or you get so tunnel vision that you stop paying attention to people around you you know yeah. there's the one option so say you've got something that's driving you and you don't really know why but you just need to do it so you start driving forward for it and then leave everybody else behind don't give a fuck about them at the end of the day you're not going to be happy with that thing
1: mm. well that's that's like the social media thing as well is like it's mm. it's probably more about the gratification of what you do yeah than the actual act of doing it you know Like I went to the beach so I could get a selfie for Instagram. Oh God, isn't it the worst?
0: I know. Yeah, or I did
1: whatever just so I could post it and not, you know, I I went and climbed Uluru so I could get a picture at the top, not, holy shit, I'm climbing a massive rock. Yeah,
0: (laughs) I know. It's changed the entire way that we interact with the world. It completely has. And I've thought, I always, I talk about this a bit too. So forgive me if you listen to this podcast constantly, I repeat myself over and over. But the um, like, so I. I thought that I was rejecting social media mm-hmm. for ages because I was like, you know, punk rock and fucking who needs it? Yeah. I'm, I'm cool. But then I've developed that persona now. So all of my posts, like someone sent me a private message the other day after I sent what post was it? I put one of these, like, you know, stupid, my face posts are and i just make these dumb faces like i can't take a normal person selfie because i think it's too corny sure. so i won't do it so i do these real dumb ones someone actually sent me a message and he was like why do you have such low self-esteem of yourself oh. And i was like oh shit i was
2: like
1: well. really cut to the core yeah. <laughs> yeah i
0: was like how'd you know
1: <laughs>
0: no but i was like it's i didn't realize that i was hiding yeah. I mean, I didn't realize that was a self-esteem thing, but it is totally. I've put on a character because I'm uncomfortable with my need for validation. Mm-hmm. So instead of like looking for normal validation, like "oh, you look nice today," instead of that, I'm like, "ha, I'm gross, so yeah. you can't reject me."
1: Yeah, it's yeah. like fuck you. I already know it. You know. Yeah. yeah. I thought I was like, you know, Jay does it all the time. She's an amazing singer, but mm. will sing in. Someone else's voice You know what I mean Oh wow Like yeah. if, she's, if she's Mimicking it You know what I mean <laughs> Hitting all the right notes But Yeah you know, but we'll it's not singing, her. Yeah that's right mm. and It's like maybe It's just like It doesn't Doesn't want to put herself Out there as herself I don't know I'm breaking it down here aren't I don't know yeah. Come on up here and sing for us. <laughs> 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 just, uh, but yeah, she might not want to put herself out there as herself because what if that's not good enough? You know? Yeah,
0: absolutely, yeah. man, yeah. And I found, I think that what we tend to do too is like we won't necessarily go charging after the main thing, the thing that really matters to us and because we'll test ourselves with things that don't seem to matter. Mm. And one, a good way of describing this, I mean, I've done it. I know that I did it with Muay Thai. I think they're... I would never have done the things that I've done now if it weren't for Muay Thai, mm. but I know that that was a peripheral way of getting around to just having a bit of self-confidence. Mm. You know, like I never believed in myself. I was a fucking mess and I was taking way too many drugs, drinking all the time and I wanted to make artwork. Mm. I wanted to be an artist and i I'd try in my bedroom and then I was embarrassed and I'd hide it away and I didn't give a shit and then I started doing Muay Thai and really amazingly, this group of people right over here in this corner, my trainers, was like, You can do this, and I was like, "Oh, really?" Mm. Like, I I, it brought me to tears all the time because I was like, "How does anyone believe in me?" Because I've never done it ever in my life. Then going through that and going over multiple fight camps and just pushing and just pushing, I was like, I learned to believe in myself. But Mm. it wasn't because I wanted to fight, and Mm. it never has been about fighting. It was like I need to learn to believe in myself. Once I did that,
1: well, did you start when you started doing the Muay Thai? Did you initially go like? Kind of the same way of like uh, almost hide behind a, oh, I don't care if I win or lose.
0: Yeah. You know, oh, it's totally. pretty easy
1: to do that as well.
0: Yeah. You know? But I'm so competitive, I couldn't lose. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I wouldn't let myself lose. I was like that. Like, but I would tell myself it didn't matter. Yeah. And I think that made it easier. It took the nerves away a little bit because I was like, oh, this is just a thing I do on the side. Who Definitely. cares? Yeah. But yeah, I can't lose. Mm. I'm not fucking losing.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that, I mean, that's that could be like those, like the guys like Rob as well. You know, it's like, yeah, he didn't train because now he, if he loses and he didn't train,
2: yeah, there's Oh, an oh fuck it,
1: I didn't mm. train. You know, it's I like know. what's the what? So what? He trained hard. I didn't train at all, and I nearly won, or I did win. Yeah. You know? Whereas if you invest all that time and effort and emotion and you know whatever, and then come to the fight and still come up short, yeah, yeah, you're a fuckhead, aren't you? you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a good thing you didn't lose.
1: Yeah, I'd just be on.
0: You um, what's his name? The um, Jordy, the fight dietician that was working with you. He came and did my podcast, and he said mm. that you are a supernatural human being in in terms of your discipline and getting ready for that fight and there how you hard you worked.
1: That's interesting to hear. But yeah, cool.
0: Yeah, because he works with elite athletes constantly, and mm. he was like, "You're a different breed."
1: There you go. Yeah. You can say that to me. Well, he
0: can't tell you that to your face, can he? Isn't that funny? How like you can't say nice things to people's face. Yeah,
1: true. It's a bit weird, eh? It's probably yeah. It's like if you're complimenting someone too hard, you know, it comes across a bit awkward. So maybe that's all it is. Yeah,
0: he probably didn't want you to know he was in love with you. He also told me that. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, he's a smart dude. Yeah, he is, man. Yeah. He's a
0: really cool dude. But, and so he was saying that you, like, because you go into this thing like a professional. I mean, you know, like, when it's, because you don't take it willy nilly fights anytime. You'll take a fight and you'll go fucking hard for that fight and get it mm. done.
1: I'm quite specific with what, yeah. every everything has to have a reason. Like I was saying before, it's kind of what happens next, you know? Yeah. So, like, I don't just fight just for the sake of fighting, you mm. know? Like, do you think but, that's a,
0: like a self-confidence thing, like that you don't have anything to prove, so you'll do something when you need to?
1: Maybe. Maybe it's the other way. Maybe it's, oh, fuck, there's too much to lose, you know? Yeah, like, fuck yeah. You oh, know, wow. If so, Someone might call me out and it's like, well, what's the point in fighting you, man? You know, like, so what, am I going to get paid? So what? And yeah, because you know,
0: money at the end of the day is a shit reason to do anything. Oh,
1: shit comes, it comes and goes too easily. You yeah, know? yeah other, my money from my last fight, I have no idea what that got spent on. <laughs> you know what i mean but i'm just glad i got a nice little little belt that's gonna hang around forever yeah man yeah so
0: that was such a great fight to watch it was funny like because i was sitting in the crowd watching that thing did were, how many of you guys were up watching that fight at destiny when you saw ben Is it about half of us yeah it was um that guy was such a monster he was such a good fighter and you kind of made him look like a little kid it was weird yeah. to watch and I don't mean that like to suck up your ass or anything which I am doing by <laughs> the way but um, I just mean like it was weird to watch this monster just get beat down.
1: Oh, I don't know. He, he, I'm a big light heavyweight you know which oh, makes true. a big difference. Yeah, you, know? you were taller. And you. that was that was why I worked with Jordy um, you know to try and get my diet right so that that cut to get down to that weight isn't so hard mm. you know Um because it makes a difference like people talk about not cutting weight and it's you know just fight where you naturally are fuck you like (laughs) if i could if i could make life easier on the night you know and it's it's not easier leading up it's actually Mm. a lot harder leading up because you have to be so disciplined with with what you're eating and then you know that 24 to 48 hours before the weigh-in sucks so much Mm. you know but on the night it it makes a difference because i'm Visibly, way bigger than the other guy. Mm. I might be on the night. I'm probably five kilograms heavier than him, which yeah. doesn't sound like much, but it's oh, it's a it's lot a when you're difference. getting punched
0: with five kilos. Yeah. yeah,
1: five kilo of like lean muscle and not five kilo of fat. You know, you yeah. were
0: ketogenic before that. Before you went to Thailand, right?
1: I, yeah, i had to play with it. Uh, I what really liked think? it. You yeah, I actually, I? I did really like it. In, fa- in fact, all weird things are happening, like with my vision. All of a sudden, it wasn't so hard to be outside without sunnies. You know what I mean? Whoa. And I don't know. I could be. I, don't, I just thought that for a minute, I was just so so pumping up the keto. You know, <laughs> it's so hard. <laughs> Did like you smell weird?
0: Did he smell weird? No.
1: <laughs> really?
0: Yeah, I've heard that you smell like a bit. I don't know. You smell different. Like your breath smells different when you're in oh, ketosis. Yeah,
1: they, they say that you get keto breath. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I was pretty. I was pretty like worried about that. So I just tried not to breathe on people.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Talk to them backwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: But nah, Um No, I, I really liked it. Uh, but when when you go to Thailand, it's it's impossible. Yeah, because everything's fun. rice. You know, everything's rice and noodles and whatever. So I yeah, I jumped off that as soon as I went over there. And then it wasn't like I didn't want to come back with eight weeks to go and then try and get keto again mm-hmm. you know because it takes a couple of weeks and whatever I just went I'll just keep doing what I'm doing so
0: is there a different mentality over in Thailand in general like mm. if, I feel like if you walk over there and you're like I'm vegan and I'm keto and this is how I do things they're just going to be like I don't you're what
1: yeah there's a it's it's bigger like fish just to fry eat. than your diet yeah. yeah
0: why is that do you think
1: well, uh, why are they like that yeah I uh, would probably Probably, like are we probably just that fucking can't precious? Be oh yeah, that's right. Like they probably just can't be as picky, you know. It's like I'm sorry, I'm not going to eat that rice because it doesn't work with my diet. Yeah. It's like you get what you're given, you know. I don't know. I yeah, I haven't really had a conversation with a tie about it, but I'm guessing I'm guessing that's what it is. It's like fuck, eat what's in front of you, and not like I'm going to reject the rice. I'm only going to eat the meat, and mm. oh, that's too much fat on that on that chicken for me. You know mm. what I mean? Because
0: Damn. they don't do they typically have problems with their weight and cancer and shit over there why who knows yeah. why aren't you a professional <laughs> yeah. why don't you have all the, <laughs> answers? All the <laughs> like, oh yeah. well because yeah. my question about it is is like i feel like um when you're when your sole purpose is to survive and exist and that's like kind of the way that your culture is geared is mm. like that we just exist and in our western culture it's really like you gotta be a something and you gotta be better and get optimized and do this mm. and like all these brands and things and ways of becoming better and when you're like go back, I my only experience is with it in Bali or in Indonesia really, sort of outside of Bali, where it's just like people exist mm. as people mm. and all of that extra shit is just stripped away and it seems like, it almost seems goofy to be a Western person when you go to those places. It seems yes. like you're
1: like an alien. Yeah.
0: yeah, embarrassing.
1: Yeah, so you got it so good that, you know, you, you can be picky and all that. You always don't want to admit it. You know, the, like sometimes you... Sometimes you almost don't want to show how much money you got. Like, some people the opposite. Some people just want to, fuck you, yeah, I'm doing so well to the point that it's yeah. like, it's a lie. Yeah. And other people that are wealthy are so conscious of not not giving, not showing that because it's almost shameful to have an easy life.
0: Yeah, man. You know? Well, when one of the guys, when I was over there, we were sitting around in between surfing one day and went, this old um, Indo guy was trying to have this conversation with us and he was like... Um, if you, like, you just too greedy, too greedy, too fast.
1: Is what he said to you? Yeah, to
0: us, just in general. Because like, he was like, you never stop. Mm. And I was sitting there going, yeah. Like, the amount of downtime that we had in between, we'd go out surfing, go eat food and come back, and everyone is just so relaxed to sit mm. there. And I would always be like, oh, sorry for waiting. Uh, do you need some help? What? Do you? And he was always like, just fucking stop it.
1: Mm, yeah.
0: Relax.
1: It's pretty hard. You'd have to practice that, I'm sure. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed, like, the vibe down the coast is a whole lot different as well, where people are more... Than like, Brisbane? Yeah. Even just
0: the difference from here to Brisbane? Yeah. Whoa.
1: Yeah. I don't know, what, I don't know why. Maybe it's the water, but the, it's definitely a different, different vibe, and that's probably not surprising. But, uh, yeah, people do seem to, like, chill more down here.
0: Well, we're, we're so dictated by our inputs, I think this will change a lot, too, when we have, now that we have got different sources of information coming in from the internet, like, that you don't, you're not just watching a fucking television program and advertisements that are constantly telling you what you need. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, now you can choose your own input, so whatever your kind of current vibration is, what you feel like watching, that's going to, like, constantly perpetuate itself. Mm -hmm. Your feedback loops are the same. And that's actually kind of creepy, too, because, like, like, the Facebook echo chamber idea, you know, like, I can filter my likes mm. to tailor what my perception of reality is and that's the only information I'm getting in.
1: That's like – that's with – it's almost it's, – it can be a good thing though because now you're getting advertised shit that you actually are interested in and not everything, you know. You're not seeing rugs a million yeah. ads every time you watch a television show, you know, but you're seeing ads for – you know Muay Thai gear or what, like yeah, comedy we, shows. Yeah, Melina had this up. the other
0: day. This was fucking crazy. We we were talking about. She said her epilator broke. It's like a thing that removes hair out of your okay. body. Yep. Just for all the men out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so she was like, "Oh, my epilator broke," and literally the next day she had an ad for an epilator on her yeah. phone. She had never looked at it. So never scary. Fucking yeah. listening to us. Yeah. But. <laughs> yeah there's going to be some weird shit on my phone if it was listening to me I turn that off because I don't want the government listening to me
1: that's right aliens aliens (laughs) Um,
0: so we're going to have a five not ten minute break now so please go have a drink get a drink go to the toilet do whatever you want and then we're going to come back have a little bit more of a chat and then we're going to do some question and answer so think of your brains what you want to ask of us hi Ben hello welcome back you're the best in the world at something. <laughs> Should we start from the beginning? Yeah, sure. Let's do it all again. Um, so we did originally we did talk a little bit about like human motivation, but obviously I want to know why you personally push through hard shit to do what you do.
1: Um Yeah. I don't know, it's a question I still I still don't really know the answer to. Yeah. Um, and each fight's probably a little bit different, you know, like the motivation going in changes um it definitely used like at one point in time it was a big test of personal character was the yeah, main motivation mm-hmm. like and i do say it to the guys and i might have even said it to you before i don't know i do say this a lot um but you never know what you're capable of you can we can stand here and i'll be like I would do this. I'm fucking so strong, and I whatever like you know, Mm. and I'd never give up no matter what. I can have a broken leg, and I'd be you know. But you never know that you would do that until you actually do do it. Yeah, and that's uh, for me. That's really valuable. Like, yeah, and I'm sure I haven't taken myself to my limit, but I would have, you know, I've you know, I've had fights where fucking been absolutely fucked you know like my yeah leg's we gone. talked
0: about that last time that, yeah, that fight have. that you had yeah because you basically were saying like you didn't push yourself to your limit and you regretted it later that's right yeah what happened
1: uh i don't know hey like i don't know it was honestly i think it was just out of practice at doing difficult shit yeah you know i, I honestly think that's what what it is because I'd, I'd gone overseas on holiday and that was my first fight back and I, I think that, you know, again, I don't know. Uh, maybe I, maybe I don't want to dig into it too much. Cause <laughs> it's a scary thing, you know. For like if you if you feel like you haven't given your all, finding out why. But yeah. I think a big a big part of it was just like, yeah, I hadn't really been pushed hard in such a long time that I got there. I was like, fuck, this sucks, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I mean. it doesn't necessarily mean I hadn't been punched in the head and whatever. I, it could have been I hadn't done. Enough sprints leading up, you know. Yeah. And you almost, sometimes you f- you forget what's required. It's like your very first fight, you have no idea what you're walking into. Yeah. You know. Fuck. And then, yeah, you have no idea. And then you go, holy shit, you know, that yeah. was really hard. And then it's the same as if it's been a long time since you've been in the ring, it's like, fuck, I forgot how, how fit I have to be. Or I yeah. forgot how difficult that was. Because mm-hmm. you sort of look back and up and down. That was my first loss, the one we were talking about. That was my first loss. Yeah. So, up until that point, I probably, you know, hadn't been pushed a whole lot because I was just kind of maybe finding it a little bit easier kind of what we were talking about before we started you know yeah
0: man yeah when you're not forced to be constantly pushing yourself to your limit you get yeah complacent. like because there's yeah you get complacent there's that phrase in, in Muay Thai that says you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable mm. and there's nothing more true in that I don't think I um I had a really similar exact experience I couldn't run for two fight camps in a row because my Achilles tendons were um, I had like tendonitis in them mm-hmm. so I was swimming and I like swimming mm-hmm. so it's still hard work you still have to like yeah, go sure. to the pool every day every day or whatever. And I was getting fit and I was doing my normal training camp and training camp was hard as usual, but I didn't have to run and I fucking hate running. Mm -hmm. So running was always the thing that I had to push through on fight camp. And every day I was like, it's worth it for the fight, it's worth it for the fight. Then I got in the ring for that last fight and I was like, ugh, everything's uncomfortable. I just want to be in, like, I want to be in my bed. I don't want to do any of this anymore. Yeah. I don't want to be uncomfortable. And that was exactly the thought that ran through my head was like, oh, yeah, I didn't run enough. Yeah. I'm not used to being uncomfortable and I yeah. just want to run away.
1: That's probably why running was most valuable to you. I didn't, I didn't run for, like, my first 20 fights. I never hated it. You know? Yeah, really? Yeah, I was just like, oh, what's the point? I'm not running in the ring. Why am I doing this out know? here? <laughs> I see the value in it now, you yeah, know, yeah, and a lot exactly. of it is for that. Yes, that it's same that reason. Push. Not necessarily. I don't think that running is going to make me a better fighter, to be honest. Mm. Um, but it's it's a shit thing to do, and for you know, like it sucks. Mm. And it, even for the fact of just, it's a constant thing that you do for half an hour or whatever it might be. And there's no variation. There's no repetition. So it's challenging. You know, in that sense.
0: Yeah, to stay focused and keep going, and not yeah. listen to that shit voice in your head that tells you you can't. Yeah,
1: and if you're if you're a staunch like staunch staunch runner, you'd leave you you'd leave your headphones at home as well and just mm. suffer. You know, <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. embrace the pain. That's like ice bars. I do ice bars half for that reason. It's like, oh, well, yuck. this sucks. You know, this this sucks. So therefore, it's good. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I
0: hate it, man. I can't do that. I ice cannot bars? do cold water. Yeah, I fucking hate it. You get used
1: it. to it. Like really quick, it's amazing how quick you get used to it.
0: I've gone to P3. There's um, I don't know if you guys have ever seen it. There's a sports recovery center just down here on outside of back of Burley called p3 they've got like three different pools that you yep. go into one of them's a really cold as fuck pool and then there's yep. a couple of warmer ish ones and it's no, nah, it's pure torture i hate really? it as yeah. soon as i walk in there i i like actually have panic because i don't breathe properly so yeah. i'll just get in there and like <laughs> hyperventilate and yeah. then someone yeah. has to drag me out crying <laughs> <laughs> no, i don't know i, I think like
1: it. if you did it if you did it often yeah you know you'd, yeah you'd, you just get used to it,
0: but uh, that's the thing I wonder about myself too. Just like a muscle, like in flexing, learning to flex a muscle, like me learning to deal with places that I'm uncomfortable is a really healthy thing. Mm. I've thought about this recently, like worried that I was going back uh, in my personal development mm. because I don't like getting tattooed anymore. I know it sounds like a stupid thing, but I used to, be, I used to be like. I can sit through this pain and and meditate and relax and breathe and deal with the pain. I get it. And now I'll go and I'm so precious and I'm just like, "Ah, nah, I don't want it anymore. Yeah. Stop.
1: It's like, nah, it's too difficult. I don't want to do it. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I get that. Yeah.
0: And so I'm wondering like how I think it's a matter of... Because in some way I wonder if I pushed myself too far, like by going through fight camps that I didn't want to do and just keep going, keep going, keep going. I didn't really have a good value at the end of it. Like, this is really worth it to me. So I just felt like I was constantly in shit all the time and I didn't... So now I'm like on the opposite. I just want to like bathe in a fucking warm ocean and be fed grapes.
1: Yeah, that's not exactly (laughs) enjoyable after a a short amount of time as well. It
0: really isn't, isn't it?
1: Yeah. It's like it's... I mean, it's nothing... Not a new idea, but... You know, the CEOs Mm. that are still earning billions but they're still working it's like why why yeah. the fuck are you not retired on some island because fuck that'd be boring you know yeah. there's only so many times you can like you said sit there and get fed grapes until that becomes your new normal and it's like fuck this sucks yeah boring and like what you we were saying before about stimulation it's not stimulating you know? yeah so but i I sometimes like do you guys have assault bikes at, at the gym no do you know those air does the assault bikes
0: Mm-mm.
1: have you ever been on one no
0: I've heard Joe Rogan talk about him though. He says there. Yeah. I think he's got something like that.
1: You got you. They. He are, set
0: the fire alarm off in his house because he sweated so much into one. Like he put steam up in his house. It set the fire alarm well, off using one of those fucking
1: things. Yeah. Oh, they're they're intense. Whoa. You know, like, I I, I think of like maybe once or twice in my life have I actually thrown up from oh exercise. Oh my god. And one was actually jujitsu. Tournament. I did a jiu-jitsu tournament. I was just like adrenaline dump and I'm there afterwards. You
0: did an actual tournament?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I won gold.
0: What? <laughs> yeah. when? when? did you do that? Uh, this is years ago, 2014.
1: Wow. Or I was only blue belt. Um, but yeah, so. Wow. Uh, yeah, I, after I threw up, I threw up after one fight. And the other time was after the assault bike.
0: Oh, that's so funny.
1: Yeah, it, it sucks. Like it, your whole body goes into... And it, like I said, it's not going to make me a better fighter being able to do... The assault bike, but it's fucking really difficult. You know, you should try it because yeah, you'll wow. do. You know, I'll do five, five threes or whatever. Push myself. I'm always fucked at the end of it. But on an assault bike, you can do literally two minutes and you're cooked. Like for wow. for an hour. You know, you like lo- yeah. yeah I've sometimes I'll fall asleep. I'll I'll do them for thirty seconds slow. 30 second sprint slow sprint four times so two minutes total and I'll fall asleep in the middle of the gym because my body's just like done wow all energy spent yeah and that's yeah that's the reason why I like this assault bike not because it's going to make my arms stronger legs stronger whatever just because it's really difficult you know
0: and so there's merit in doing difficult things you think
1: oh it has to be yeah it's like that you know like we were saying that fight when I came back been so long since I've I've been to the you know the 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 really hard spots mm. hadn't done it in training, or maybe I'd forgotten about how hard fights really were because it had been so long. Mm. And um, yeah, but if you if you're there, you get used to it, you know. And I, sometimes I'll be on there, i hitting that assault bike, going. It's like I I have to psych myself up by going, good. I'm really liking the fact that this sucks because it <laughs> gives me the opportunity to prove to myself that I can. Yeah, you, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Instead of going fuck, I want it to be over. It's like Fuck yes, this is great. You know, I can finally, you know, because without that, you can't, you got nothing, you got no measuring stick. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's
0: so interesting, man, because it's so, your mind is 100% in control of your perception of reality, right? Like, so everything that we do, if I sit there and think this is hard, I'm going to be dying to get out of it as Mm. as fast as I can. But, as you say, like if you can shift that mentality, but do it authentically, because this is a trouble too. Is that people are always like, "Oh, think positive. Like I'm happy. Yeah. I'm just gonna say positive things, and I'll, my life will be positive." It's like it, it, doesn't seem authentic to me. So I don't. No. I can't. I don't buy into that.
1: That was like what you. Oh, I fucking love this. Yeah, you know that that one you did with the girls in the woods, and you're oh, all sitting yeah, in the circle. Circle. Oh, a circle. That was great. you um, like that yeah yeah. i know you sent
0: me a message later and you were spot on you were like are you sure you're not just people pleasing by apologizing
1: yeah i I think that's what it was because when you were describing what they were saying how it was um you know i want to unleash my inner goddess (laughs) and all that i was like i could fucking fully imagine it you know it's like i could see the people you were talking about and then you came on and said i'm sorry you know that wasn't fair of me i was like Fuck! I think it was fair. You know, <laughs> like, I wouldn't have been able I to see that people. so clearly if it didn't exist. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's
0: true. I mean, those people definitely exist. And I suppose, like, where where it came down to at the end of the day with that podcast was, I, I there is absolutely some truth in the fact that I felt like I needed to apologize because I'm uncomfortable with people being like I get along with everybody really yeah. easily. So when yeah, yeah. I don't get along with someone, it eats me alive. Sure. So I'm a people pleaser. Oh, I'm a people yeah. pleaser in a way. You know, like I like people to like me and so I feel uncomfortable when people don't so there's definitely that element to it where I was like I can't deal with her thinking that I was a piece of shit so I've got to fix it but then at the same time when I actually because I needed to stop myself it took me three days to say an apology because Mm. I wanted to really think about what I was doing Mm. and really at the end of the day was when I think about it I didn't want any random stranger to listen to that podcast and that be the first podcast they hear and think that that's who I am as a person. Because I'm not really that cynical of a person. I I definitely think that those people need to be called on their bullshit. Mm. Absolutely. But it would have been way cooler of me in that room of people to stand up and be like, what is everyone just full of shit here, or am I missing something? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, instead of, because what I did was a little bit weaselly where I, like, thought all this yeah, stuff you and, took then it went and then home, s-
1: went, s- uh, yeah. Yeah, and just
0: talk gossiping, talking yeah. shit. And that was, like, that's a hard realization to come to, like, that I'm actually not as strong
1: I think and you're being a bit hard on yourself there because, I mean, how, like, I don't, is this something that all these ladies do? Like, on a regular basis? Well,
0: no, that's, the, that's what I thought. See, the girl that runs it does it all the time, but yeah. the women that were there were, like, you know, their first time. So uh. then how are, they, how are they expressing authentic emotions? You know, like, if yeah. you're not practice at this, yeah. it doesn't seem Absolutely. like that would be an authentic expression. You can't expression. just relax
1: into it. Inst- something like that as well like,
0: Fuck.
2: It'd
1: be so shocking. You can't just instantly be relaxed. So I'm <laughs> sure that would be a, a facade, right? You know, coming like, well, this is how I'm supposed to act. <laughs>
0: This is how you do it, right? Yeah. I mean, it was sort of the weirdest uh, fucking thing. Like, how so do you get in a room full of people? and just uh, You
1: got there in the end, I, yeah. I certainly
0: did. You know it. I'm a fighter, Ben. I'll push through. <laughs> <laughs> I said that to Iggy, like, I was like, it was a pure practice and focus. Yeah, yeah. Like, the amount of, like, women screaming yeah. all around me and wailing and moving their hands, and I was like, come on, you can do yeah. this.
1: <laughs> That's
0: so funny. Fuck yeah. it, you know? Why not?
1: Hey, no, good on you. I think, yeah, good on you. Like... I that's and mean, that's,
0: that's how we're feeling about Manuary, too. Like, I love that I do this stupid shit because mm. it it makes my life more entertaining. And it's the amount of stuff that we're discovering about ourselves by pushing ourselves in weird ways. You know, just to do something weird like that, yeah. why not?
1: Fuck it. What else did you be doing?
0: Yeah, exactly. Trai- it's
1: more training. I mean, you've been doing that for how many years? Like. Yeah. Not to say you can't still train, but yeah, like...
0: Well, and it's made Muay Thai even more fun too because I'm not taking that so seriously.
1: Yeah, right. Because when
0: I was fighting all the time and that's all it was and I, and I had this weird pressure because I was winning fights and was like, don't lose. Mm-hmm. And there was so much going on that I kind of suffocated myself in a way. Mm-hmm. Do you stop yeah. yourself from suffocating? Like, do you have an... Well,
1: I I get what you were saying. Like, once you start winning fights and then it's, you're not allowed to lose anymore. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of what I was saying before. Like, you know, you're like, oh fuck! There's too much to lose from that one. You know, yeah. like I mm-hmm. don't want to, I don't want to fight. I won't say the name, but su- such and such person because I should beat that person every fucking day of the week. Yeah. You know? Imagine if I lost. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. So, yeah. And at, at the end of the day, like if there was something to gain from fighting whichever person, then I'd fight them. But if there's nothing to gain and everything to lose, it just it seems like a bad idea. Yeah. Now. You put me in a room with that person or that person's in front of me and something happens, I will, without hesitation, fight. You know what I mean? Like I'm not – I have no problem with confrontation. No, no, (laughs) never mind. That's a story about the other day. Yeah, I have no no problem with uh, confrontation but, you know, when you sort of break it down, then you go, all right, am I dodging this? Like, because it doesn't make sense or am I just doing it because it's too risky or yeah. am I doing it because I'm afraid to lose, you know? And, yeah, yeah and sometimes you just, uh, it's hard to be honest and you, you do have to be honest and, you know, you you, you go whichever way. And you know, Dave is about trying to do difficult yeah. shit. Sometimes you've got to do the one that, that seems risky, you know what I
0: mean?
2: Yeah.
1: But, yeah. Oftentimes, like, I, I haven't been put in that predicament, like, because – at the end of the day, I'm 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 trying to go up and yeah. not not just prove to one person that I can beat them in a fight. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, so, true. Huh? Yeah, but no, i like, yeah. What was the question again? <laughs> I went off on a tangent there. Yeah,
0: you did. Don't worry yeah. about it. It's over anyway.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: we um we need to open the floor up to some questions. Cool. Um, first of all, though, before we do that, I just want to say thank you. That's fucking awesome. So good talking to you. It's always good seeing you. It's always cool. good chatting to you, yeah, man. No, thank you, everybody. Time. Round of applause for Ben Johnson. And, um, Rob, if you've got a microphone back there, anybody have any questions? I know the first question is the scariest one. So just someone get it over with. Come on, anybody. Once we get one question going, yeah, Dallas will do it. Thank you. Dallas can finally talk now that I'm not talking. He's conditioned to not talk when
1: I'm talking. Righto, Ben. So, i got a question about your first fight. Yeah. How did you feel on the lead up to your very first fight? Um, it's a long time ago, 2008. Uh, or was it nine? Yeah, 2009. Um, man, to be honest, I thought it was going to be a whole lot easier than it was. So... I remember thinking, yeah, I'm fucking training hard, you know, like I thought I was doing the work and I just got lucky enough that I'd knocked the guy out in the first round that I never had to discover how much trouble I would have been in. But it was enough that it only lasted like one minute 40 or something. But that was enough for me to go, oh, yeah, okay, this is actually really fucking hard and I need to train a lot harder, you know. And that was, that was yeah, that was a good lesson to learn Without really, really paying the price, you know. Um, but yeah, coming in, I mean, I was, I was almost like over the top op- optimistic and like, yeah, this is so much fun, whatever. And then right before I went out, I was like, "Fuck, I'm going to have a fight." You went from sparring to your very first fight. How Man, I hardly you? even sparred, you know. Yeah. yeah, it was like, Fuck. yeah, I hardly, I, it was, it's a diff- it was a different time back then. Yeah. You know, you got to remember this. There is so much more depth in Muay Thai now than there was ten years ago, and I'm, I actually think of myself really lucky that I came up and I'm where I'm at now, and not starting now. of trying to be where I am now in ten years' time because I, I just think it'd be I'd have so much of a harder time getting here because the people are better, man. There is some scary fucking kids. You go to those Siam Cup shows. There are some scary kids. You know, like they got so much more talent and so much more skill. You know, um. But yeah, like back then, and this is probably off on a tangent again, but the guys that were huge back then, and this is no offence to them, it's just it's an era thing, and this happens with every sport, but I think the talent is better now than it was 10 years ago. The names were bigger. They had better platforms. The Contender, they had Evolution and all that sort of stuff. That doesn't exist now, so the names aren't as big. But I, I... Personally, in my own personal opinion, I think the talent is better now. But yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Out of these days, yeah, <laughs> than ten bit, years ago. Yeah. Well, I yeah, mean, <laughs> how, how many fights you had? Zero. Zero, yeah. and you want to fight soon? Oh, sometime this year, man. But like, how I long, long have you been training? Oh, uh, what, what? About two? a year. Oh, a almost year? Almost a year. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah almost yeah, a year I've been training, now. but like, see,
1: man. I like you, to jump at the ropes quite soon, but I just don't think I'm anywhere near to where I should be ready. You yeah. know, it's just, like, I feel like there's a massive distance between where I am right now to the point where I should be at. Yeah. Man, yeah. look, you will never be good enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, you yeah. just got to fucking... got to do there. it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like,
0: and putting that intention out there, Dallas, like, letting everyone know that that's what you want to do and yeah. getting a plan set up for you, like, we'll make it happen. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Man, well, I got a guy at the gym who's... Um, he's been training for years, like... Almost as long as I have. And we booked him for a boxing fight. Had six or seven weeks to get ready for the boxing fight. And he went, like, it just Mm. got so much better. Like, crazy, crazy how much better he got in seven weeks, considering he'd been training for seven years. And he, like, sharpened up just because there was that real... Real thing to hold him accountable to his training and making sure he was taking it seriously because you can show he he was showing up every day before, Mm. but he wasn't really showing up. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. So and I think that'll be man. I think what what'll happen and it's obviously it's up to Urban. Yeah. Yeah. It's up to Richie or whoever you know whoever's looking after you guys and books your fights to you know, Mm. but once it's a once it's a thing, it'll it'll happen. You know. And man, there's sometimes you get guys who have had couple weeks and they'll beat a guy who's been training for two years just yeah. because he fucking turned it on when it counts, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I hope, yeah. Hope, that, hope that helps. Yeah, it does help. Cheers, Ben. Right.
0: Anybody else?
1: Uh, as a beginning fighter, I find it very difficult to overcome the anxiety and fear in my head of stepping over those ropes. Mm-hmm. Even for a Not a first fight, but a third or a fourth one. And finding other... Sorry sorry. Sorry to cut you off. You've had a few fights? one. You've had one, okay. And then it's... And Deb too, she's um, starting out her fight career as well. And Whitney's really experienced now too. Um, But even when other people have confidence in you, thinking that you can do it... uh, do you ever question yourself, going, "I know everyone else sees that I can do this, but I still have that little voice in my head telling me maybe I can't." Yeah, it's pretty normal. Um, but I think at the end of the day, if you were too confident in your ability, you probably wouldn't put the effort in to make sure you were going to be ready on the day. You know, like I'm always, I'm, I'm, fuck, I don't want to lose. You know, but and sometimes like, shit, am I gonna, am I gonna be good enough? Am I gonna whatever? But. That just gives me the drive to, you know, train for 26 hours in a week. You know what I mean? Like, that's not normal and that, that can, you know, like that'll lead to injury. But just that there, like, fuck, I, I might not be good enough so I better over-prepare to make sure that I am, am going to rock up on the day. So you don't need to fight that and you don't need to think, oh, fuck, I'm low in confidence. You know, you can almost embrace it and go, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the confidence from the work that I've done rather than just, oh, I need to change my mindset and be a confident person. I think if you do the work, the, the confidence comes with it. Because nothing like anything you haven't done in the lead up to a fight is going to become very apparent when you're standing there doing your little bow before you get over the ropes. You know, you're going to think of all those fucking runs that you bitched out on And yeah, you're you're going to think of everything you didn't do before you before you jump over. So yeah, you just got to make sure you do it, and so it doesn't arise. Mm. Yeah, easier said than done. Just got to be disciplined. Oh
0: cool. Um, just give to Melina there. All right. Um, Adam King has a question on the live stream. Um, He's saying, "What do you think the current state of Australian Muay Thai?"
1: Um, is he is he there? Can I can I ask him to?
0: Are you there, Adam?
1: He know what you think of the well you know, I, I, it depends. Well I'm assuming that Adam's talking about that being a promoter. I'm assuming he's asking that more from like where's the big shows? Why aren't why aren't they a thing, you know? So addressing it from that point of view, you know. I like. I don't know. I'm sure it's fucking hard work being a promoter. There's a lot of shows out there, and uh, you know, as a, even as a trainer, you try and share it around because you're friends with every you're friends with every promoter, and you try. Okay, I've got how many fighters have I got? Okay, I'll put one there and one there and give one there and one. You know what I mean? So all the you know, it's very competitive being a promoter, and even the promoters are friends with each other, so they're probably trying to toe the line between being competitive to get fighters from a gym and like, oh, fuck, I shouldn't steal that from that guy. He's got a show three weeks later. You know, I shouldn't take that fighter. But, you know, so there's there's a, you know, it's being such a tight-knit and small community, it's, yeah, it probably makes it very hard for promoters to even, you know, get a show off the ground with enough fighters because they're being respectful of all the other guys. Um, Muay Thai as a whole, I th- look, I think the skill is there, you know, I, th- I really do. And I'm not talking about me personally, but I'm, you know, like a, you look around at the other fighters coming up, there's some really, really skilled guys getting around. Um, now, we can't sit here and fucking bitch and moan because we're not getting recognised like boxing or UFC, whatever, fill in the blank, rugby league. You know, it's like, oh, we put in all the hours. Well, fuck. Do something about it, you know? Like, it's, it's up to us to get people to the shows or to get people through the gym or whatever it is and not go, this is bullshit, you know? We work just as hard and don't get any whatever. Yeah, it's, I mean, if, if, if we need to do something about it and we want to be more popular, we've got to figure it out. Like, Muay Thai, Australian Muay Thai has to figure it out. It's not up to the public, ...to recognise us, it's up to us to make them recognise. Um, I don't know if that answers Adam's question, but I, I hope so. All
0: right, we've got another question from Kelly Watnell. Oh, she's
1: Kelly. saying,
0: apart from your world title, what is your most... ...so I'm reading this sideways. What is your most memorable Muay Thai fight experience? Fight or experience?
1: Um, the, uh, the one where... Okay, so the fight we were talking about before where I came back, had a lot of time off, fought Steve Behan, who's a rig, and lost that one. I went and fought in New Zealand the very next fight, uh, and that was a really, really, really tough fight. And um, that was the most memorable memorable, because, like we were saying, it, it I was able to go to the spots that you never know if you're capable of unless you, you go there. Yeah, uh, because yeah, you can sit there and go, yeah, I'm fucking tough, you know, but... Until you until you know until you do it you don't really know. So that one was that one was the most memorable. Um yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cool.
0: Well, oh God. <laughs> Does anybody else have any questions before we wrap it up? Nah, we're all good. Iggy wants a balloon. Would you like to have a balloon then? Yeah, I'm sure we can from arrange Iggy, that. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming out today. I really, really appreciate it. Fucking excellent effort. Urban Fight Gym, represent. You guys are the best. Thank you so much. And I thank you, everybody online watching, listening. And this podcast will be out next week. See you later.